Welcome to another episode of In Those We Trust Podcast. My name is Malik Howard. Uh, I currently have my father, my dad, Pops here, uh, Tim Howard. Um, and yeah, like we, this is something that I think is was is very important to me. And, and me and Javon kind of touched on it in the last episode. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how important it is to have a dad in your life and how a lot, a lot of people we went to school with didn't have that father figure and how you were that father figure in the community um, as a whole. So as I was thinking about what, what should we talk about, because this is something that we already spend time doing on our own. Like right. we, a lot of people don't know, like if me, Tariq, Zion, Bill, we, this is something we do for hours on nights Um, that I, I would say like a lot of men out there don't, don't have the opportunity to do with their dads of just sitting down and just talking and having it real rap conversations just about life in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I didn't have that either in my life, you know, um, for me. It was talking to my uncles, and they were a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like was going through the same thing at the same time, but you still needed somebody to vent to and somebody to, to give you that feedback as like, no, don't do this, and yeah. you know what I mean, like yeah. give you just give you a little bit of direction because you know a young man, nobody understands what we're going through except for the person who went through something, mm-hmm. you know. And and my uncle Luck, who's only four years older than me, yeah, you know, my crucial time when I was fourteen, he was like a freshman in college. Oh, it's not so. Yeah, that's that's a difference. That's yeah, a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's close in age, but it's a huge difference. Right, in, right, in life, exactly. Life experiences. Yeah, yeah. Like I have little cousins that I changed their diapers, and they still remember me, and I'm 14. Yeah. And now we're closer in age when you get older, but they're mm-hmm. like, I remember you doing doing this for me and doing that. You know. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. So it it was it's something that in the in that time when we're growing up, um, from our childhood, it was no matter what, it was always dad and mom, and then it was. I always had both experiences. I always had that that two parent, not the same household, but it felt like that. No matter yeah. what, I always felt like I had two parent household um, growing up. And when I look at it going backwards, I I look at it as in our generation, you were never supposed to, you weren't friends with your parents. That's just how, it, that just wasn't how it was. Um, and I don't, I would say probably like senior year um, is when our relationship went into something of a, a manhood, a friendship. Right. And there's something bigger than that to where it wasn't just as like, I look at you just as a father figure, but someone that I would talk through with my issues, talk through things in, in life. Because now it was, you knew, this is what I was saying with, I wasn't a first generation student, but you knew what I was about to go through in life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you knew, all right, Malik, this is what was coming. And what I talked about with Javon is your keywords of mastering in the episodes. Like mm-hmm. your your phrase was always master. You have to master everything you do. Um, so it was taking that leap of faith and having to confide in you and a lot of things in manhood and, and being like, yo, this is where I want to go and allowing you to push me there and allowing me to have the trust of like, okay, I was always look, I always looked at you just my father who was stern, mm-hmm. but then now the transition of like a man who I look at like, okay, it's mentoring me through it and not looking at me as like, I'm getting yelled at for every little thing. Yeah, That's yeah, the change that yeah. happened senior year uh, for sure. Well, I would say for me. And, and your senior year was a troubling year for me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I, I was out of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was. I thought I'd get enough social unemployment to handle yeah. me, and I thought I'd find a job because I just got my degree, my master's degree. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I'll find a job with no problem. Yeah. Uh, we'll be, we're, we're, we're good. Malik, just handle you. But the one thing I, I made sure how our relationship was is, and I tell people all the time, uh, is kid appropriate information. Yeah. You can't tell your kid grown folk information. That's that's not. They don't need the stress to know about bills. They need to stress to know I don't have money for McDonald's, but I'm making you burgers at a hamburger that I bought for two dollars at the store. Yeah, and we got Wonder Bread. Yeah, 
that's all you need to know is you got food. Yeah. You don't need to know that I really rather buy you McDonald's because mm-hmm. you're a kid and you want McDonald's. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, so it was always age appropriate conversations, and I was big on that um, with with you guys and all the kids that were in the, in the area. Like their parents told them too much information, and that put stress on a kid. Yeah. So you know, your your kid cannot be your confidant. Yeah. Because they looking yeah, at yeah. you for strength and yeah. you for direction. Yeah, it's true. So you got to find it somewhere else because it's not fair for a kid that have the stress that you're going through. Mm. Um, yeah, I really, I really like that's that's weird looking back that I didn't even think about um that in the moment with like I always would get information from you when it was the right time. Like mm. I would always like, you know, like get going through different like moments in my life, you were just giving me game, you're like, All right, now you're ready for this step. Yeah, now you're yeah. ready for this next yeah. thing. Um that's what you did all the time. And I, like looking back, that's crazy. I didn't even think about like you that's something that you cherish and is important to you is information needing to be told. Right, right. Because the same your senior year, and I said, you know, you, I had to prepare you for if you get these rejection letters from school and you mm. think you're ready and you're able to do so many things, and you know, why why not me? That's yeah. that's a hard rejection. Mm. You know, that's a hard rejection for kids. And I've seen kids, you know, with with Bill's uh, friends when he went to college and different things and. You know, that rejection hurts a kid. Like, yeah. why Why not me? But, yeah. you know, they tell you, well, they were saying, don't have your whole school applying to the same school that you're applying to. Yeah. You know, and they prepare you for rejection because rejection is real life. And if you don't prepare your kid for rejection, because a lot of parents don't prepare the kids for rejection. Yeah. They're going to, you know, fall apart. You, mm-hmm. I mean, it was hard for you to, that you didn't get accepted. And I was yeah. like, I told your mom, I said, listen, this is this is the this is the best time it can happen. Yeah. Even though I don't want it to happen. Yeah. But I made sure. He's going to get into college. Mm-hmm. He's going to school. When he wants to go away, every kid wants to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's not mature enough. Well, he's mature enough. You were. You were mm-hmm. mature enough to go away to school. But with this roadblock, I had to see what your maturity is going to be. Yeah. And I said, if you get through this for one semester, yeah. you're going to, it, it, you, you won't believe how major you are. Because if you can study at home yeah. and knock out your grades and do what you got to do at home, you won't have a problem in school. Because the mm. problem in school is there's more distractions. And yeah. nobody's telling you to come back to your dorm and study. You go back to your dorm, you sit there and talk to your roommate for four hours. Yeah, it's true. Never picking up a book, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think for for me, it was, I thought I was ready. Like, and looking back, I definitely wasn't ready. <laughs> like, I yeah, I remember, like, having those. And that's, that was one of the big, like, questions I had that I thought about when I was talking to Javon last week was um, – how, like, and you explain well, like, when, you know, I was facing those rejections, it was hard times in our life that me and you were going through as one um, together, and I was getting those rejections, and like I said, it got to a point where I was just like, I ain't open this letter, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even care about opening this, and, like, I was left with the question of, like, all right, what's next for me, whereas you were on the back end figuring that out for me, yeah. and, like, that's where yeah. you were like, okay, I know Ron has EOF, because I was an EOF student as well, and that's right. where you went ahead and made sure I got an interview through EOF, mm-hmm. so... Um, when I was going through that, I was just like, man, like you're right. Like that adversity that I was facing definitely prepared me for later in life adversities and something that I'm facing right now with right. applying schools again. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the hardest thing for kids. And the hardest thing for parents is to be honest with themselves and their kids. Mm. You know, you have to be honest with your kid because you know, their ability and you know, their potential. Don't throw them in a lose, lose situation. Yeah. Cause it kind of happens when you go to college, everybody thinks their kid can handle it. No, that's that's a different kind of education. Yeah, different kind of learning and responsibilities. Yeah, you know, every day in school you're there five days a week, and the teacher told you tomorrow we're going to chapter three, tomorrow we're going to chapter seven, tomorrow we're going to chapter. When you go to the first day of college, uh, one through twelve, I will see you on Thursday. Yeah, 
You're like, I'm not reading chapter 1 through 12. You better read chapters 1 through 12 yeah. and know what the heck you're reading. Not even. They wouldn't even tell you. They'll just tell you, <laughs> see you next week and look see at the syllabus. Look at the syllabus. Yeah, right. That's, that's another thing. Yes. Yeah. That that definitely is. You come next week, you're like, we have a quiz today? You're like, yo, who? <laughs> you knew we had a quiz? Yeah, nigga, we knew. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, snap. Now I got to get on it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like that that transition. And, and really what is what made me want to have this conversation more is watching the Tiger documentary. When we watched, and I told you, I was like, yo. This is going to be an episode for us. We got to watch the Tiger yes. documentary to see how the relationship between Tiger and his father and where we agree and where we disagree. Because a lot of the times, like Tiger, you see that he kind of was um, looking for outlets. He had to search yeah. for an outlet. And it was funny. Me and Kat were talking last, like, last night about future kids. If we have a kid, will we be strict parents? How will we be um, with a kid? And that's hard to say now because we're not in that position. But – we never felt like we had to sneak around. We never felt like, okay, I, I grew up with a strict dad, I would say. And I, I grew up with the dad who was on top of me, make sure my grades were right, make sure. But besides that, I had freedom because he knew, okay, you do what you have to do. You could do what you want to do. Right. And I never felt like I had to sneak around. I never be like, okay, I got to leave tonight to figure out this. It was, I talked with my dad about what I want to do, and I never had to sneak around. Towards Tiger, I felt like he had such, when you're, when you're growing up, he had so much on top of him that like he just didn't know. He, he needed something to go. Right, and and you know the old and talk adage, a little closer. So okay, sorry about that. You get um, you know when people say about stars, you know their parents robbed them of their childhoods and everything, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you're a parent, so you still have time to let them be a kid. Yeah, you know, but when you get obsessed with how your kid's gonna be, mm. that's different. They yeah. became, he became obsessed from his dad saying, "Yo, this kid is phenomenal," and he he was and he is, but he got obsessed with making sure the world knew he's phenomenal. So mm. then he didn't have a chance to be Tiger the kid, you know, Tiger go hang out. Because he only because he knew where they were at, yeah. They had access to a lot of money, mm. which means access to a lot of other things like drugs and things. Yeah. So if he hung out, and I'm not saying he would have done that, yeah. But that's what those kids were doing. Mm. You know, when you got access to that kind of funding and you throw parties and your parents are down in the Bahamas and they left you home in high school. Mm. Yo, you know things can get wild and crazy, yeah, yeah. you know, and and that's where his dad controlled him so much. So as a, as a parent, um, you're seeing like you saw in us, you saw in all your kids, you saw something special within us. How how is it trying to, you know, manage what you see in them? That's great, to where it doesn't push them to want to backlash against you. So like you saw in us how like we were good at sports. Yeah, we could have been like that. I don't want to do this anymore. Like if you were pushing us too hard. So how do you ride that line of, like, I'm just guiding you? And you know what? It's funny. A lot of people just tell me I was too hard on you guys when it came to sports. Mm, Okay. And, you know, going starting with with Bill. I mean, he was six, seven years old, and he was fast as lightning, could run and understood vision in football. And I was like, well, everybody can't do that. Everybody everybody can't run through a hole at seven years old Mm. that's hoping that somebody's blocking somebody. Yeah. With the ball and then know when to cut. Yeah. You know, and it was like, okay, this is what you want to do. I'm going to help coach, and this is what we're going to do, the vision of it. Um, But then you also want to make sure people always beat you down when your kid is good, when you're a parent. Oh, he, you're trying to live through him. They don't understand mm. when you see something and you yeah. know something. And if you know the – if you're able to coach them, you know, you understand. Yeah, guiding. Guiding. Because the big thing with me was I was always super small. So I didn't have a dad or anybody or any coach guiding me. They just knew I was fast. You know, yeah. Um, but to understand to see potential in everybody, when I got older, I was like, okay. And then I seen other other kids' dads. You know, they yeah. were overbearing. Yeah. You know, I I remember you know this kid. The, the, there was a bro- two brothers on a team. 
The older brother was big as hell, mm-hmm. and the younger brother was small. Dad was so overbearing, like this boy, but he was big at the time. Mm-hmm. And then well, I, you know, got we were like eighteen. I seen this guy, and he's like five four. I'm like, he was the biggest kid on the team, mm-hmm. but he was huge then. Yeah, because we were all like in second grade and third grade, mm-hmm. so we thought nobody could stop him. And he was mm-hmm. huge. But his dad was so overbearing, like he was gonna be six six, uh. and I'm like, the dad was short. So I look back on dad was short, he's short. But you know, the hard thing about being a parent is, it's a trial and error. There's no book on it. Yeah, I saw Kevin Hart and them talking about this actually. That you don't your report card doesn't come out until you're we're at your age, our ages now. Yeah. So we can look back and tell you, no, dad, what you did here had a long lasting impact. It could be one comment you made yeah. that you thought was just yeah. something that is a throwaway that you're just telling us, but could be something we internalize for mm-hmm. the rest of our lives that we took with. And I remember I was just talking to a friend of mine. I said, I um Lee's mom said, when you die, all Malik's gonna remember you saying, You better master those timetables. You better master those timetables. <laughs> and I'm saying, yo, you better master these timetables because life is gonna be all about knowing yeah. your mathematics. Yeah. You know? I still I still use my fingers. <laughs> it, there's no there's nothing the amount of times you would quiz me driving in a car, we were driving somewhere, <laughs> Uncle Chad's or whatever like that, and I'll sit there and I'll be like, you're like five times seven, I was like fifteen, six, and I'll count quick. But yeah. I knew it just, it just wasn't one of those things. Like math was definitely right, not right, for and, me, and, and that was one thing I was like, all right, so he's got to learn it and he's gonna have to know it eventually. Yeah. Um, and that's with all you guys, just like yeah. you got to know eventually, so you have to be ready for it. And there's certain things you want your kids to know because the, the what I learned early. Before I read a book about it, mm. how black men, black kids lose and fall behind at fifth grade. I seen that at fifth grade mm. for me and yeah. then my brother and then my cousins. Yeah. And I was like, what is it? Because we skated through that elementary stuff and didn't learn and master anything. Mm. So when it hit you in fifth grade and you got to do fractions, yeah. why don't you know eight goes into 16 two times? Because yeah. you know two times eight is 16. Yeah. Why don't you know the, the divided into fractions? Because fractions... Mm. Throws everybody for a loop, right? Yeah, I was just, the same. I, I was trying to bake brownies <laughs> yesterday and the other this weekend, with, and I Facetime cat. I was like, "What is one third of one whatever?" And <laughs> I couldn't. I still went too much oil. Yeah, in I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And those are just like everybody says. I don't need that in life. Yes, you do. Yeah, believe yeah. me, you're gonna need that. But the hardest thing, like you, you were saying, um, you don't know. There's no rule book, but you gotta you. Take what you learned and what was hard for you as yeah. an individual, yeah. and understand what you don't want your kid to go through. Yeah. You know, you don't want your kid to go through. So, and then you don't want to be so hard that they pull away. Yeah. Because exactly. that's why I, I always wondered when Bill's going to stop kissing me. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder when he's going to stop kissing me. I, I didn't grow up with a dad kissing dad. You yeah. know what I mean? And I barely kissed my mom. Yeah. We, didn't, we, we weren't a kissing family. Yeah. But I raised Bill. I've been kissing him since he was a baby. Yeah. So why am I going to stop kissing him? Yeah. So I always kissed him. I'm like, I wonder when he goes to the age. He's not going <laughs> to kiss me. So then when he was like 10 and I'm like, he's still kissing me. And people say, oh, he's going to stop kissing you. He's not yeah. going to kiss you all the time. Yeah. You're just dad. I'm not talking about kissing on the lips. I'm yeah. talking about just, what, cheek, dad, yeah. give me a kiss. Yeah. Give me a kiss. Or I love you. I love yeah. you, you know, all day. I didn't grow up with I love you all yeah. day. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So you just got to know what you 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 were, you may have needed. Understand why that you didn't have that and why you think it's important. Important. Yeah. To, to pass down. So mm-hmm. um, what was, what was, what do you think was your biggest, um, like, mantra or whatever that you passed down to us like what, what was something that you live by that you wanted to instill in us that we would use for future wow i believe really, i feel like it is the mastering thing but there's something else uh, one thing. I, I would think it's always you got to master if you don't learn it then you're not gonna know it. like you used to always ask me how do you know that how do you remember that dad because i learned it in third grade mm. i learned it in high school i okay. learned that so 
when you master something, you know it, you're never going to forget it, and you can always use it. My big thing is learn when you when you want to learn something, master it. You know, don't just wing it and go through it because yeah. you're going to need it at some point. And once you master something, it's always there for you. It's like throwing a football, throwing a baseball. Once you learn how to throw it, it's not easy to throw a football straight. Yeah. It's not easy to throw a baseball straight. Yeah. So I don't know. All the people who think that sports is like not, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Try throwing straight ahead. You ever see those um, when they have the first pitch of these celebrities throwing the first oh, pitch yeah, like and the ball goes everywhere? Yeah, yeah, because he's not an athlete. Yeah. Because the rapper don't make him an athlete. Yeah. And then they think, they go, oh, I can throw a ball straight. You can't throw a ball 30 yards straight. Yeah. You might even throw it five yards straight. Yeah. But those are behaviors that you learned and you mastered them. You know, those are behaviors. Because right now, I'm sure you could throw a baseball right now. Yeah. 30 yards. You know, you could throw a football if you're a quarterback. 30 yards. It's something you mastered. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, about life and education. Life, yeah. 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 Just, but I got a bunch of things that I just hope that I always pass down. Like yeah. my father, you know, me being that kind of dad. Yeah. You know, because. That age-appropriate behavior and conversations helps you get better with your kid. Yeah. So now they're ready for it, and they're ready for it. So now you can be friends. Yeah. Like, that's the best thing that I, I can call you guys up. You guys call me up, and we're just talking as a friend and give me direction, and I'm still dad. Yeah. You still know I put my foot in it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I'm still dad. Yeah. But yeah. I'm dad with the expectations of how do I help you? Yeah. Because exactly. it's about me helping you because I, I don't have tomorrow every day. You don't yeah, have tomorrow. Yeah. If I leave tomorrow and you haven't had your kid yet, what I bestowed on you has to help you when you finally do have your kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things you instilled on me um, was, you know, that adversity key that you don't try to instill in us, but it shows us the adversity that, that you went through and that you then showed me, like, okay. And my mom also, you two showing me that, like, if you work hard, you'll make it in life, and no one's going to give you anything. And I think that's what you showed me the most. And my mom was like, "Life, life doesn't owe you shit." Right. And that was the biggest yeah. thing that I've seen from you. It was like, "Yo, life doesn't owe you anything. I don't owe you anything. Life itself is the only thing. So go out and you go get it. You take mm-hmm. whatever life is giving you. Yeah. So I'm gonna put you on a path to go chase it. It's about you now wanting it." Right. And that's one of the key things that you did. I would take for all of us, and it depends on which one of us would take it and which one of us <laughs> don't want to take it. But you could put us in, in, in that path for us to take it. Um, but growing up, hell yeah, I thought I was like, yo, my dad is too hard. He's so hard on me. But it was an expectation to be great. And that's why I brought it up on my first other podcast I did with Onwards. And we talked about um, when I, how hard you rode me in school. And I was like, yo, you're riding me so hard if it – an A should have been an A plus. A B should never be a B, and a C you you doing too, like that's that's the bottom of the list. And I did bad in school. I would say there was times I did horrible in school, and I stepped up to the matter. Mm-hmm. Especially when I got to high school, I figured it out. Um, but I would look at it like, and I asked you, I said, Dad, why are you so hard? What did you get in school? And you're like, I got C's. And I was like, so why are you hard on me? <laughs> yeah. Like like I'm doing better than what you did. So why are you going off of me? He's like, wow. And you're like, why would I want you to do what I did? You should do better than me. And I was like, and I stepped out. I was like. Damn, like, yeah, like, why, why why, would I do the bare minimum? Like, yeah. what, what do you get in life doing the bare minimum? Anything you do. So it's always putting everything the best foot forward. So I never learned that. I mean, I never felt that it was you were being so strict that, like, I was, like, confined. I had to mm-hmm. do something and had to, you know, a lot of kids develop this hatred for their parents. Like, this, I hate you and, and stuff yeah. like that against yeah. you. Well, you know, it's very crazy. I don't remember ever my mom checking my homework. Oh, I couldn't do that. I yeah. wish you ain't checking my homework. <laughs> Jesus. Like, really. Like, I remember checking my brother and sister's homework because I knew they would come to me. I That's can't crazy. do this. I can't do this. Yeah. So when I got home from school, I would do my homework the least way I can, could, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I would check their homework. 
And I, because we played school when we were kids. You always play school, you know, and we play like not real school right now, problems, but, yeah. but no, I don't, you know, my mom, you my poor card. Why are you at a D in this class? <laughs> she, she didn't go to teacher conferences. She wasn't trying to do that PTA thing. Yeah. I mean, I said, well, I knew when I first had my first kid, I'm like, I'm going to be on the PTA. Oh, my God. I don't even know what the hell the PTA is for, but I'm going to be on the PTA. You know, I just knew they gave out cupcakes on, you know, uh, certain days, Valentine's oh and. But the parent teacher conference. <laughs> oh, you you don't want to go into that, do you? Oh my god, them parent teachers. I was like, yo, please don't. I'm like, nah, there's no way he makes it home after work. He he's working all day. I was like, damn, he ain't making it for. It. But them they pushed them shits to eight o'clock so parents could. I'm like, damn man, like please don't go to these jobs. <laughs> but I always felt like, um, it's so crazy. Like, okay, so then. What was it like? Like you didn't have that father figure, or you had a father figure, but you didn't have um, a father in your life. So how was it? What was it when you had Bill first and you had us? You had men. You you gave birth to you mm-hmm. you, you four men. And, uh, um, wait, how much is it? I'm bugging right now. I'm thinking it's four. me, Terry. It's, it's four, four, right? Yes. I said it right. I don't know. <laughs> it made some. It better be four. <laughs> add in the add in Sadell and French. That's yeah. a six. Yeah, yes. that's that's where I'm counting it. Yeah, and they still, I, still and I'm thinking of too. Anthony, Joey, and all yeah, of us. Yeah. Um. So within that, then like, what was it like? What was probably one of the scary things you you faced like going through that? Well, with 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 Bill, you know, I was 20. You mm. know what I mean? And I was in college. Rolling. So it was like okay. Do I go get a job? And I was struggling in college because I wasn't prepared for it. Mm. And it was like, all right, I get a job over the summer. Yeah. So I'm over the winter break. Me and my brother got a job over the winter break. Then it was a, a full year. And I came back that winter break. And I was just like, I couldn't get motivated to do my schoolwork because I all I kept thinking about was he's going to need me. Mm. He's going to need me. And how do I provide? And not a degree said to me, oh, I can provide better for him. In those times, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Times, and yeah. and in, the, in the 80s, it was, you know, they were cutting financial aid. They were cutting financial aid like crazy um, on the Reaganomics. So it was like, well, they're going to cut my financial aid anyway, so let me just go get a job. Let me yeah. just, you know. Um, and, and, and not knowing the big picture where you don't have a dad giving that guidance. Like, yeah. one thing I said, you know, when I find out what you guys, what your niche is and what you like, I'm going to nurture you towards that. Yeah, because yeah. Because you're going you're gonna to have a career. I have a job. Mm. So I'm gonna work for a living, and you're gonna have a career, and that's yeah. gonna be it. And that yeah. was one of my focal points for me raising you guys. You're gonna have a career that you love to do, and it's what you do. You're not gonna be in a situation where they can't give you a raise because uh, I don't. Well, you know what? We really don't have no money right now. We can't give you a raise, or we're gonna keep nickel and diming you, even yeah. though your your skill set is higher. Um, but that was a scary time for me to figure out. All right, let me just go get a job. Wow. And then I end up in a job that. You know, I end up being able to help people. Yeah. So, and I end up, you know, being assistant supervisor in like a year later. Mm-hmm. And I got everybody in Palmyra and said, mentioned that knew that wanted to work somewhere in that company. Like, yeah. just call Tim. He'll get you a job. Call Tim. He'll get you a job. And I just took on that aspect of helping people all day, yeah. you know, even though they got fired like four or five times. <laughs> and I'm talking about my family. I don't mean people outside. My family. Yeah. All right. I know I got fired last year. Can I get a job back? I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> putting the whole town on the yes, top of my head. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's but, funny. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so within within like that, that, that was I'm I couldn't imagine being you were a freshman or a sophomore going in sophomore. No, year. it was going right. It was going to my sophomore year. Um, I couldn't even imagine yeah, sophomore year going yeah. into that. You know, like now life, your life doesn't matter. It's not about just you. You yeah, can't make decisions yeah. on yourself. And and for me, growing up without dad is I'm gonna be dad. Yeah. And then she moved away. 
to her mm. sisters in Georgia. So now I'm like, oh, he ain't even around. Uh. But when they came back, I was like, uh, I'm out of school. I got him. We share time. You really? got him one week. I got him one week. And that's how we're going to do. Yeah. And when you work, when I work, I said, well, I'll just pay my, my great, 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 great aunt to take care of him. And this is like an infant. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'll just pay for him to be there the week. I'm me and my brother was back home with my mom. Man, I'm I'm tired of hearing stories about Annie, and I never got to meet her. Oh man, she was so aw- was crazy. She was my grandma's aunt. The fact that even know her name, that's, yes, that shows yes, you a lot. Annie, yeah, yeah, and um, we used to spend summers there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I when I, it was fun when I was a kid. Yeah. But when I turned 13, I'm like, I'm not spending a summer over there. I want to hang out with my friends in summertime. Yeah, yeah. Mom was like, uh, uh-uh, oh y'all going for the summer? <laughs> Where she live? She lived in Brooklyn City. So you you were going from where Palmyra? Oh no, we we lived in uh, Brompton Township. And so you really wasn't going that far. But at the time, you probably thought you were so far away from. Everything. Oh yeah, yeah. But when you leave your <laughs> friends for the summer, you, you know what I mean. It was like, yo, what's going on? But um, <laughs> that's funny. And and we grew up on the block in Brompton City. And then I got the then the kid uh, two doors away. He was allowed to go to other sides of the town. Mm. We weren't allowed to leave the block. Yeah. And then when I was 13, I'm like, I'm not sitting here, Annie. This ain't no more five-year-old and seven-year-old Timmy and Ray Ray running on up to pole Stand to pole. Stand in the yard, yeah. Yeah, running pole to pole right here in front of the house. So we got to meet more guys in Brooklyn City and hang out with them. Mm. Then I got to see what was really going on with a bunch of knucklehead people, yeah. you know. But they were cool guys, but yeah. I wasn't involved in that. Yeah. So by the time I came back to Brooklyn City for high school, everybody knew me. Mm. Oh, yo, Tim. Yo. Yeah. So everybody from Edge of Park was thinking, because we lived in Edge of the Park at the time. Yeah. How you know these guys? I'm like, I used to hang out in the city. Yeah. Because, you know, from Edge of Park, you know, Edge of Park is Edge of Park. Yeah. Brunton City is Brunton City. So, uh, it's different upbringings and different mm-hmm. cultures, you know. But it was it was great. That was one of the things. My mom moved around a lot, and I always had friends in every town. Yeah. And that's one of the things I did never want to have happen for you guys. I was like, I want my kids to grow up in the same school system from kindergarten to high school. That's about my dream. Yeah. And, and then it just, life don't happen that way. And I, and I was, I was shook. I was upset and someone told me you know well this is what life is man yeah you, you can't you cry can't over yeah life. you can't yeah. control that so i was like wow you're right so hopefully my kids benefit from seeing me move and even though i didn't want to be have to do that situations you know it yeah. played out that way but yeah. you know life life is hard if you don't <laughs> you know like yeah. i said life life don't give you anything, anything i owe you anything but no. life is hard yeah you know and the only thing that helped life easy is you make the best choices early yeah I think I think that's one of the one things that you like. I don't feel like you ever put pressure on me, but I you put pressure into putting pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense of like, I always look at like even now where I'm like, I can't wait. I'm hoping I get into this doctor report. Or I find the right job. Just tell you like, yo, I I made it to the next step. Yeah. This next step and the pressure I put on myself. Um, within that in that realm, and I don't know like so through your parent. What are some things that like kept you up at night? Like if a new parent. Is going especially being a black man having black sons. What are, what's something that kept you up at night? Like with all when not not in the picture of all of us, not just Bill, but all of us. What's something that yeah. kept you up at night? I know you always tell me is is you were looking waiting for me to figure. You were hoping like I hope this nigga figures it out. Yeah, like, that yeah, was one thing yeah, for me. yeah. And that was one that stressed me with Bill. I was like, I oh my god, this guy. <laughs> School was tough for him. Yeah. From where my standpoint was thinking, he should know. You yeah. Know, he, you probably remember me hollering at him. He went to school in Philly. I'm saying if you didn't, and that's disrespecting nobody in Philadelphia. Yeah. But if you didn't season Philly, yeah. Then you failing over here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Bill, you can't get season Philly, dude. You, they like see. My thing is this, and I always said this. 
If if teacher gives you a B, it's because she likes you. You're a good and well-respected kid. So she's mm-hmm. going to give you the B, but you deserve the C. Yeah. If she gives you a C, you deserve a D, but you're not one of my pain-ass kids, so I'm going to give you the C. Oh, that's funny. And that's how the school system was. Yeah. You know, and that and I already knew you guys were respectful, good kids. So you're not driving her crazy. Yeah. So when you got a C or a B, she gave that to you. You really deserve the C and, you know, down the line. Yeah. But what kept me, kept me up and still keeps me up is society. Yeah. You know, I'm taking the aggravation of different things and I'm aggravated at things that I can't control. How do I teach you guys to don't get aggravated at the things you can't control? Uh, because society yeah. really puts stuff on the young black man as out of your control. Yeah. And you either going to get violent or say, I don't give a damn yeah. and don't even try. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's, that's very hard to figure out what, cause there's only two options there. Yeah. You're going to be violent and go to jail and kill somebody and they kill you. Or you give up and you don't even try to do nothing in life because it's hard on me, man. I want to do every time I go to somewhere, they don't hire me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can say how hard it is out here for a black man in corporate America. You don't want to be in corporate America. And now it's even worse when I was coming up in corporate America. It's worse now mm. because now there's so-called more minorities in corporate America that they can write off us because of other minorities. They want to say, oh, we covered our minority um, quota. Yeah. We hired A, B, C, and D. Yeah. But you left the black man out. Mm. You know, right now they're calling this. Not a pandemic, but a pandemic that affects women. You don't think there's no men out here that lost their job because yeah. of the pandemic? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of men that are waiters, bus boys, mm-hmm. work for companies that closed down, work for restaurants, work. You know. Oh, you're talking about like the home life now, like right? They have to right. Be in charge of taking right, care right. Of home life. And but now that. their big word is they're calling this a I forget the word woman pandemic or yeah, whatever they called it. I heard that, but wow, I'm like, I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, but you just so you just excluded the person. Like, there's a lot of men out here who lost their job. Yeah. Who can't get services because they don't have a kid under their belt? Yeah. You know, a woman gets services when she has a kid. Yeah, a single black man or single man, any single man, don't get any services because yeah. you don't have a dependent. Mm. So we don't have to give you housing. Mm. We don't have to help you with you know financial things because you're just you. Yeah, but I'm not getting a job. It doesn't mean not looking for a job. Yeah, you know, and um, I, I, that's tough right now, especially with me applying to all the jobs I apply to. No one who's leaving their job, especially in COVID. No one. Yeah. So. Oh. I, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, there's a couple people that, like, you know, I'm amazed at the people who quit their jobs yeah. this past year and this year. And there's people I know who quit their jobs and I'm done. I'm fed up with this. You but, don't have the opportunity. But no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so I don't, without saying who they are, yeah. you know who they are. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, they must got some serious something. Oh, you know why? They already know I'm going to bounce back. Yeah. Somebody's going to hook me yeah. up. We don't have the opportunity. So for a lot of people out there, we had I had this deep conversation the other day. For a lot of people out there who don't um, understand the totality of what black men face in, in this world and and things that. So let's jump back to when you you told you would tell me these stories. So let's just talk about you know growing up in Burnham County. What was it in the '80s, '70s, and things like that? Like growing up in in Burnham County, what was that like um, as a black man? That's that's troubling times. Oh yeah, it was. Well, what's crazy is. Um, when I went to school in Philadelphia, my mom moved to Philadelphia, and I was in third grade, second grade, going to third grade. So we lived in Brompton Township by the hospital in um, Willenboro. Mm-hmm. And we were bused to um, a school. You know, I had black kids, white kids, and everything. And I remember an Asian girl I was crazy about. You know, I was like, <laughs> you like an Asian? I said, she's Asian. I'm like, how do you even know that word? I'm like, well, that's what she told me. She's Asian. Yeah. I go to Philly. My mom went to sign up for school. And it was a chaotic school. Mm-hmm. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. And She's like, Philly. you're not going here. Yes. She's like, you're not going here. 
She goes to the principal's office like, my kids aren't going here. And the guy said, well, you know what? We're starting a new program where Philadelphia's busting black kids into white school systems. You think your kids can handle that? She goes, oh, they're going to handle it because they're not coming here. Mm. They had guards. They had kids running around. They was throwing stuff. I mean, it was just like. And what part of Philly is this? Huntington Park. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Huntington Park right there. Yep. So she signed us up to go to this white school. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, they, they already cramped from New Jersey. They, they've been around white people. Mm. He's like, no, no, you're being bussed into a white school where there wasn't any black kids. They'll be fine. Well, I'm got us up. Told so you're go. getting bussed into a school that has never had black kids go never. to this school ever. At third grade. <laughs> third grade, you're about seven, eight, eight years old. Me and my how, brother. How old was um, Brown versus Board? Yeah. I wonder how old she was yeah. when she went to school. Um, so we got on the bus. And it was like five of us. So five kids was trying this. It mm-hmm. was me, my brother, uh, another kid, another boy, and then two girls. We get there, and there's protesters of police all over the place. And the, the bus ride, is we had a, a bus mom, and she's like, you guys got to be okay. If you don't feel safe, you let me know. And we're like, what the hell are you talking about? We're on a school bus going to school. What do you mean feel safe? Yeah, you don't know as a kid. No. We get there and it's a crazy scene. Like you've seen the scene when they first, you know, got like the, think about like remember the Titans, right? When right, they, exactly, came. exactly. So that's how they were in front of the school bus with signs and throwing stuff at the bus, all adults. So the cops came up, got on the bus, said we're gonna escort you guys in. I'm like, what in the world? And and what, nobody what's the context. What year is this? Seventy five. 75. And think about it. A lot of people think 75. Everybody's like, racism wasn't going up in the north. Right. And this is in our backyard. Yes. So yes. let's not forget that. Right. This is 75. Mm-hmm. Because I spent a whole year there and we celebrated 76, the bicentennial in Philadelphia. And we had a big school play and everything mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so that whole, that, that year, well, that day, nobody moved. Like, I'm making off this bus. Really? No. Cops said, you'll be fine. It was one police officer. You'll be fine. I'm like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> so we're starting. So late there, our, our, our team, our, our bus mom was like, get up, get up, get up. Come on, come on. So I'm in the front, and everybody's behind me, and we're walking. And then this this officer really just walked off the bus and walked into the schoolyard with all these parents still here. So one of the guys ran onto the school bus. So I just jumped up and kicked him in his chest. Like, yo, what the hell? And I closed the door. Like, nah, we ain't going to school today. That's out. Uh-uh. Really? Went back to our seats. I said, you take us back to our parents because we ain't going to school today. That's one cop with his mob. You're crazy. What? So then we got the bus drove back to that school. We got back to school about 12 o'clock because they had to get more police officers. That new, yeah. I don't know. Why never thought, called our parents. I don't know why he thought one police officer was fine. Right, but never called our parents. Yeah. My mom didn't know about this until I got home from school. Wow. Like they had no clue about calling our parents or anything. So. No, they had a clue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So mind you, we're all different grades. Yeah. So now I'm like, there's no way I'm letting myself rave. You got to go to the bathroom, you come get me. Mm. You got to go anywhere, you come get me. I told those kids, you come get me. And you don't go to the bathroom. Yeah. The little girl got beat up in the bathroom. Like, why are you? I, I, I'll never understand why somebody thinks somebody's color stops them being a human being. Exactly. And the older I get, the more angrier I get of when I hear about history and I see this stuff. I'm like, why did you have to think that you had the right to deny somebody human rights? Mm. Where? Yeah. Where? You yeah. know? Um, so that was one thing that kept me up too. It was like, yo, you guys don't know how bad society and life is going to be. It really is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you would always say like, um, you're going to see when you get into the real world, like what society really is. And 
I you always would tell me like your friends in school or won't be your friends in in the real world, and that was hard for me to see because I'm like, no, these are my friends. That like, okay, look, I I I I feel like. When we went to school in Morristown, and looking back, I couldn't tell you that there was racism, but it's it's a feeling. It's a mm. feeling as a kid you don't know exists, mm. but it's a feeling that like I really I couldn't say it, I noticed um, racism, but I noticed economical like yeah. type of things yeah. yep. to where like people thought they were better than me because they had money. They came from money. Like I like we went to a bar mitzvah, and I told you the story. We went to a bar mitzvah. We were only black people there, first of right. all. And me and you walked into the mosque, and we had to wear the cabinet. <laughs> yeah. It was just me and you. Yeah. And you took me because it was it was my first time even experiencing that. You're right. But my mom drops me off, and we go to the house. The house is the biggest house I've ever seen in my life. And we walk in the backyard, and there's a pool, jacuzzi, slide. It's the biggest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, you live in a house like that. I'm just looking around. And I'm going through culture. I'm culture shock at this point. Well, and it was crazy. I told her, don't not drop you off. Cause that's why I went with you. Yeah, you went with me. But I couldn't go to yeah. there. I said, "Yo, you go in there and you stay there with him." Yeah. And I wanted to kill her because I was like, "Freak you, mean you dropped him off? Yeah. You don't know those people." Yeah, it, it was packed with kids. So so many kids. And I still say, like, similar to to what you're saying, this real world, what you'll see. As a kid, I remember we were. It was a group of us in the jacuzzi, and at the time, kids don't know to treat you different because of the color of your skin. They don't know that. Maybe they heard about it from their parents. But they treated us different because this is not what you do. So we were in the jacuzzi, and they're like, hey, uh, it's our time to get in. You guys have to go. Right. And I was, I looked at them. And mind you, I got invited by that kid, but it was right. his group of friends yeah. who I was like, oh, snap. Okay, all right. Like, I'm a, I don't care. Like, I'm out of here. Like, I, like, I don't want to be right. with y'all anyway, though. Like, I, I was this type of kid I was. So I remember seeing that, and I was like, they looked at me and said, we do this when you're not around. Like, we right. do this all the time because we're privileged enough to do this. So mm-hmm. you can go and go yeah. somewhere else. So yeah. we saw that. And then – Moving into, um, as I started working in higher education, I started working and having more jobs. Mm-hmm. And I would tell, I would call you and say, Dad, can you believe that this kid is, they, they're they doing this for this kid? And you're like, that's what I was talking about. Then that's when we would have our discussions right. about right. this is the real world, Malik. This yeah. is what you're going to see when society is different and how your friends are not your friends when you go. And mind you, I, have, I went to high school with these kids and went to college mm-hmm. and saw that change. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait. We went to, and thank, and that's why I always would say thank you for Trump to bringing the light of the kids I went to high school with, who out of nowhere were on Facebook talking right. about Trump. I'm like, yo, we went to the same school together. Exactly. Are you serious? Exactly. And and what they don't realize is, well, what Trump did was make people who want to be racist and bigots and yeah, you know, whatever they want to be, one sided, come out. Oh, you know why they can come out? Because no matter what, they still gonna get a job. Mm. Because if I come out and say how I feel about something, let's say I feel about some certain, certain race, oh, I won't have a job. I'll lose my license. I won't be able to walk around the street. I, you know, you, you, you'd be an outcast. Yeah. People, person of color, say they feel a certain way. Yeah. You know, but they know they're going to always have a job. Because you wouldn't put your livelihood out there on the line if you knew by me saying I'm a Trump supporter who backs, you know, bring it back to the old days when we could lynch people for no mm. reason. When you were allowed to kill people whenever you felt like it. Yeah. Like today, we we're sitting here. Somebody was allowed to kick in our door, kill us. Rape our women right. and just say we did something. Yeah, yeah. Like that's called unlawful living unlawfully. That's called not no society. Yeah. But that's how black people lived, with no control and no safety. You Man. imagine day in day out no safety, which we kind of have now somewhat. Mm-hmm. But there is no, there was no safety. Yes. And then now you're saying you're for Trump, who's going back to where people of color had no safety. Yeah. Like that's that's. That's when you not. I can't and talk to you about this. I can tell you right now, it's, it's a lot of us out there that still feel like that that, that we don't have safe that right, the no. cops and 
one of the one of the major life lessons that you taught me, and and at the time I had, and we talked about this that I didn't know. Um, if you take it back, I think last year or two years ago when that movie, The Central Park Five, mm-hmm. that's what it was, right? When it came out on Netflix, and I sat there and I watched it, and everyone I know that was black watched it, and I can tell you we're all traumatized from watching that movie. Yeah. Everyone's traumatized. Like, there's no way you could watch it again. Right. But I would tell you, go the, go out and watch that movie if you haven't. Take the time. Like, allow yourself to be traumatized because it's important to know that information. And when I watched it, I remember I went to Jabri's house in Philly, and he has his own apartment and everything in Philly. And I went there, and we watched one episode. He's like, I can't watch it no more, bro. And he went into the room, went to sleep, and I stayed up. And I started sobbing. I'm like, this is what this kid experienced. Yes. And at that moment, I looked, and I was like, oh, my God, this is why my dad would tell me. Anytime I would get, if, if anytime, I don't, it never happened, but if, if I would ever get arrested one day, if something happens to me, they pick me up, and I'm not around anyone else, that I don't say anything. I don't ask for a lawyer. My dad is my lawyer. And you would tell me that. And at mm-hmm. the time, I was like, all right, dad. And you would say, repeat what I said. You would always do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I never knew why until I watched the documentary. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. this happens. This is what they would do to these people, man. Listen. It's so sad. Hey, yeah. And like I told you, in school, I think one time in school when your uh, friends did something. Oh, you my Morristown, gosh. Remember that? Uh, and, and, you, and you were like just giving them the two cents on what happened. And I come in. And he's like, well, Mr. Howell, your son said he said, oh, oh, oh. he said what? No, that's not even what happened. No, no, that's that's not even what happened. So, I'm gonna tell the story too. Yeah. In Morristown, we were playing football outside. Um, and I can tell you right now, Jim and recess, I was an all-star pro. Oh, yeah. I was like every kid. Yeah. So we we're playing football, and at the time, I didn't know I was I was going to this extremeness, but we were playing this kid, and me and this kid got into it, and he like turns around, and he's like, "Yeah, nigga, yeah, nigga," and mind you, it's only me. Mm-hmm. So, and at that age, and this is third or fourth grade, yep. you don't even know that language. Right. And I think he was saying with the hard R, I'm not even going to put that out. Yeah. I don't know. But you should know that there's, you're a white kid. Yeah. Who do you know says that? Right. And there's not enough niggas in Morristown anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you hear that common language. It was oh, oh, me, me and Izzy. Yeah. yeah. And Izzy wasn't even there that long. Izzy left right. a little. It was me and Izzy. There wasn't a lot. Of, and then the black kids that were, were from Morristown, actually. So, they probably weren't even hearing that language. Right. So, he said to me, so I said, what? And I ran up and I punched him in his head. So we and I, I remember this because it's Valentine's Day. It's day before Valentine's Day because we were giving out cards. And mind you, a week before that, he found out my nickname. He knew my nickname was Boop. So he was like, oh, I love your name, man. We were best of friends. But he said that to me. And so I, I fight him, whatever like that. We get sent to the principal's office. We're in the principal's office, and the principal is talking to us, and we're just talking about we we both were going to get suspended because we mm-hmm. fought. We both were fighting. Yeah. So he was like, do you guys have anything to say? I was like, well, if he never called me the N-word, I wouldn't have punched him. And if I never said that, I would have just got suspended and it would have been that. Right. But because I brought up, I said, and, and that's when the principal was like, wait, what? I was like, he called me the N-word, so I punched him. And the kid said, and he asked the kid, did you say that? He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, Malik, you can go. They never called you. Nope. They never said anything to you. Luckily, again, that night, you're like, Malik, what happened in school? And I was like, oh, yeah, like I was in school. I got in a fight because the kid said the N-word. And you were in the car. You turned around. He was like, what? <laughs> what happened? And I'm like, and you're like, oh hell no, I'll be at the school tomorrow. But for them not to call you, like, why? Why you don't think you have my kid in this in, in the principal's office? And you don't think a parent should know that you're talking to my kid? Never called you. No, they no. never called you. So then that shows you, um, they knew what they were doing. They were trying yeah. to hide this under the rug. Oh yeah, for this kid. Yeah, that's yeah. so. It's so crazy to look back on and see that that how that existed. Um, but uh, one more thing though, you were talking ahead. about the '80s. The '80s was when it was racial profiling driving. Mm, yeah, so. Yeah, also, to that. you had you had Reaganomics cutting everybody from. Yeah, uh, a little closer to the oh, sorry. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, Reaganomics cutting everybody from you know leaving out of school. So now you don't have any grants. So you're you could be in your senior yeah, year. Watch you... out from holding this because it'll make the sound. Oh, okay. So I was wondering. Yeah, hold it. Yeah, hold it. You can hold it there. You'd be okay, all right, but yeah. just don't hit it. Um, 
it was people come home from school yeah. and then in summer summertime, you know, high school kids got jobs. What was a college kids didn't get jobs. The, mm-hmm. st- the government didn't give those jobs. They just kicked you out of college with no grants and no loans. And then high school kids got to work over the summer. Wow. Well, so then you have racial profiling. So everybody got their license. Now you're getting pulled over. So now you're like, wait a minute. What? You couldn't drive past a police officer. And you're in Burlington County. Yes. Let's just talk about that. Yes. Okay. Well, see, I grew up in Burlington County when I came, came back from Philly and everything. So you did not drive through Riverton day or night. Mm-hmm. You did not drive through Delran, which is how do you get anywhere because yeah. Riverton River Road is Cinnamonson Riverton Riverside Delanco 130 is Cinnamonson <laughs> uh Delran uh the Willenboro you were safe yeah so but to get to Willenboro you had to go through Delran and all those guys um so you got pulled over yeah day or night and when we got pulled over you were held there for a minute and you were mm. fresh out of you're in the high school yeah you know, and then when I was out of college, when I was uh, in, in college, college coming yeah. home, me and my brother, you me all the time, yeah. yeah, we got pulled over all the time. I mean, I just, you know, it just let, we we go to sleep in the car, mm. like we would sit there that long, we just go sleep in the car, lay my seat back, all right, go ahead, help you up. Um, but the one time when I was in college and we came out, we went to a, a club in Philly, we came back and the cops pulled us over. I mean, my brother was like, oh man, you why you go? I said, I'm tired of going the long way. I'm going because my friend lived in Beverly. So you knew you was like. I know I'm going to go through it. I'm, fuck I, this. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this. I'm, yeah. going, I'm going through Riverton regardless. That's what we always talk about. I don't know how. If I were to go back in East Germany, I don't know how. Even before that, like in the 60s and mm, everything, yes, how black yes. people were able to hold in themselves to like, yes, sir. Yeah. And just yeah. keep their head down and, and go. And get beaten in the head for nothing. <sighs> oh, I can't um, imagine. So getting pulled so, over, yeah. So we get we get pulled over. And I'm like just livid. My brother's like, calm down. Calm down. I'm like just hot. I'm like, why are you pulling me over? All I did was drive back. I couldn't have been speeding. I just left a red light. License registration. You had DWB, didn't you? Huh? Yeah, DWB. Driving while black. That's it. That's all he knew, right? (laughs) Yeah. So where you live at? Does it matter? Yeah. You got my license. Oh, you don't want to talk. Oh, you you being smart. So then another police car pulls up. Now my brother's like, oh, my God. So, you know, we got police cars all over the place now. Mm. So we get out the car, and they throw us on the car and all that. And I'm like, so then they You asked for this. They call a cop from Palmyra, a black guy, right? Yeah. He comes up, and he's like, shut your mouth. He's like, you like back and get the hell out of here. So we get back in the car. I'm like, oh, shut my mouth about what? You're, he's asking me questions. Yeah. We get in the car. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Don't come back. I said, okay. I go down the street. I turn around and come right back past all of them. Now it's a high-speed chase. What town are you in? Riverton. Oh. <laughs> so my brother's like, we're gonna get killed. Like, you don't tell me don't come back. Yeah, it's your time. That's how you taking it. Yo, they spun us, came after us, pulled us over again. You know, start screaming like crazy, snatched me up, <laughs> pulled their guns out and everything. And I'm like, mind you, I'm only five two. <laughs> You're in college. At yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Five two in college. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm really not a threat. No, but I'm a black man threat. You can you know figure up like this if you want. Trust to. me. Yeah, trust me. Yes. Yeah. And then, then I then I go down to a school system, uh, Rowan, mm-hmm. which is in. They told us, don't you go in Pittman and don't you leave off this campus. That's even scarier. Yes. When we yeah. glass bro, and that yeah. was in our orientation. So of course the first thing our dumbasses do is let's go walk around the town. Oh my! About God. twenty of us walking around. And you're EOF, so you're all black. Oh, right, right, exactly. And you oh, know, gosh. man, you would have thought they, they called a SWAT team and everything. It was like, I mind we even go in the store. We're just walking down the streets, like, trying to figure out paths and stuff, you know. Yeah, and that's right, yeah. And 
this is acting like we was breaking the doors, keeping yeah. the doors or something. Yeah, that's crazy how like even when you went to you were you were at Rowan, but Glassburg said at the time, what year was this? Eighty five. I got my hype. Eighty five. Eighty five to eighty nine. So you were there, um, in eighty nine, and then I went there in 20, 2016, 2017 is when I moved on campus. So I even like think about how far like like the differences in, in years. Mm-hmm. I every time I went to the Walmart in Glassboro, I oh. always had racial issues. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Yeah. I had a racist issue every single time and I'm like, yo, I can't I'm not coming to Walmart no more. And look what that difference is. Like the yo, shit doesn't change. And I ran into that issue and and I'll talk about that too when I went to, to Glassboro. I went with um one of my uh, frat bros and we were there and we pull out. We just pull out and I'm driving in like regular where the lines are and a guy just pulled out in a truck and he goes slow. And I'm like, yo, what is he doing? So then I'm not an angry driver, so he pulls out and he just stops. So he's looking for trouble. By the time mm-hmm. I didn't think of that, I'm like, whatever. So I speed yeah. around him and I slow down and look up his window and his kid is cursing at me. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's me, right? And I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't believe. And, and I promise you in that moment, I slowed down and I looked at the kid and I saw all the hate that he mm-hmm. had in me. And for him to do that to me, right? So I speed off. He revs his engine trying to hit me. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, what are you? And then I swerve. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this today's day because as a as a minority in America you just get fed up you're like I'm not up. taking this yeah. shit no yeah. more yeah. so I said you know what fuck that I was like yo get out the car he worst person ever he's like Malik stop I'm like get the fuck out the car because I see them get out of the car yeah he's like he's trying to stop me I'm like no get out and I put my shit in park and I get out and now I, at the time I'm driving a Honda Accord mm-hmm. he don't know how big I am he sees me get out and he has a cigarette and he has a son I walk straight up to them and I'm like. Please allow today be the day because I'm looking for it. Yeah. And I never will ever claim to be a tough guy. That's not who I am unless right. it's the football field. That's right. where it comes out. But I'm not that guy. So for him to then walk towards me and him be like, all right, go ahead, drive off. And I was like, no, you drive off. Go. And for me to see that that dad put so much hate into his kid yep. for another minority man or whatever, a minority in itself, showed me like – this America still exists. Yeah. Let's not forget what America is and where it comes from. And that when I, I hate when they say, let's change. And that's what this movie, I told you why. I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. it yet. Um, That just came out. Oh, um, I know. Judas is Messiah. Yes. Yes. I'll look it up and I'll put it in the, in the thing yeah. to watch yeah. it out. Yeah. But that's what showed me that, like, when people say slavery was so long ago, let's just come together and be one. Fuck that. No. Because this happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 80s, 90s, 90s, and now. Yes. So, no. Until it changes, I'm not. I'm sorry. Listen, it's... We can't kumbaya over every situation. And and what what, what kills me about um, when people got on a Trump bandwagon, like, you know what he's promoting. Yeah. So, you didn't jump on Farrakhan's bandwagon when he said protect the human beings. Mm-hmm. He, Farrakhan didn't say protect Muslims. He said protect human beings. I need to do my research. Because he's always saying protect your fellow man, your fellow woman. Society as a whole. Yeah. So, but he's a person who preaches hate. Mm. And every and everything they put out, he preaches hate. Yeah. So this guy doesn't preach hate when he says, let's go back to what we used to do. Yeah. What they used to do is what? You know, terrorize people for no reason. And you got to remember too, that means to people who don't want to be voiceful or out there on their line mm. with Trump, they are managers, supervisors, directors, Vice presidents and presidents of companies, yeah, who have the authority to hire who, anybody they want, mm-hmm. fire anybody they want, treat them any way they want because they're in their company. Yeah, because other than government companies, you can do whatever you want to your employees yeah. under certain things. Yeah, 
your human resources know who to hire. Oh, we're going to hire two black people out of 100 people. Mm. How are you helping society? Yeah. So that's that's very important when we're talking about today's times. And I really want to bring attention to this because and I'll, I'll put, um, you know, you're on Palmaro's Borough. Um, and there's there's an issue that happened. And that's why I'm going to put it out there so then they address this issue. And this isn't something else. Because this is the third time this has happened. So uh, speak about what happened exactly. So it was funny. I had speak be, about your position on yeah, the council. Yeah. I'm a council uh, member of Palmyra. I'm running again this year for re-election. Um, I've been on there six years now. Mm. Um, council president for four years, which is like your deputy mayor. Mm. In case the mayor is not available, you step in. Um, you pretty much lead council on different directives and everything. Um, but what's what's crazy is um, I was in charge of a meeting for work, and it was a and it was a it was a public invite. Mm-hmm. But all these people are social businesses, social people. You know what I mean? They they social workers and yeah. people who own five hundred one c three. You know different kind of business, helping the homeless, helping mm-hmm. people. So this is that kind of meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody, any kind, of, any kind of social services, these are people on this call. Yeah. Somebody Zoom bombed that call, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it was 80% minorities. Mm-hmm. Start calling us nigger, 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 all through the whole thing, the chat, and I was just, I just ended the meeting. I just mm-hmm. hit the button, meeting ended. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, I was trying to, first I was trying to find out who it was. Yeah. And then I was like, never mind, I'm just going to end the meeting. I ended it. So when it happened to us, for the council meeting, the guy it was before we started, and I seen this guy looking suspicious, mm. you know. But it was an open meeting, yeah. And we had to have open meetings. And he was eating a bag of chips, so he covered his face, and I was like, "Oh, that looks suspicious." Yeah. Because why are you covering your face? Wow, wow, wow. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Councilman Howard, the nigga, Councilman, I'm the bald head." Oh yeah, he's and he just goes in on me. And I'm like, "Oh, so you just directly at me?" Now it's just you, right? So I was trying to tell, you know, um, our municipal clerk, just kill the meeting, yeah. just kill the meeting, forget the laws and regulations. Kill the meeting, yeah. Because we always worry about people's civil rights and and different rights. Oh, we can't let the meeting. We got to stop. Right now, everybody's getting impacted by something that is ridiculous. Yeah. End the meeting, mm-hmm. and then we try to come back to the meeting. But really, what really got me where I couldn't go on with the meeting because mm-hmm. we went into closed session. I said I can't go on right now because that's the behavior they think is okay to act. He did worse that he showed his ass. Literally. Right, right, exactly. He just, right, he showed his, he pulled on his pants and everything. Yes, yeah. but this is the behavior that is supposed to be okay now. Yeah. And this time, day and age, you know, they act like, oh, this be you don't have the right to act any kind of way towards people. Yeah. So what really got me mad is when people said, oh, I don't understand the Black Lives Movement. I don't understand why black, all lives matter. When you say all lives matter, it means you don't understand what we're talking about right now. So right now, so don't say blue lives matter. White lives matter. No, mm-hmm. we're talking about right now because obviously in America, if you don't know, black lives didn't matter because mm-hmm. you still had the right to kill and imprison us at any given time. Yeah. That's why the law for one little bag of weed was 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the kid with the lawyer got probation. The kid with no lawyer who never had an offense got 10 years. Yeah. Well, what do you want him to do between 18 and 27? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's in prison. Mm-hmm. What is he going to come out and do now? Yeah. You know? So now you have a record, and they make it a felony record. Or you take a plea and go, all right, I'll take a plea. Let me get five years. Mm. Well, that plea is a federal plea. You just got a, you got a, um, a felony on you. Mm. Cool jobs already say on the application. Yeah. If you have a felony, they can't hire yeah. you. Why does that have anything to do with it? Because mm. if you serve your time, your felony is really over. You know? Yeah. But they make sure that's on the application, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't say what criminal record you have, that's why do you need to know that? Yeah. I'm not asking to be your accountant. So if I'm going to be your accountant, then you need to know if I embezzle something like that. I yeah. get that. Yeah. But that's you do your background check. 
but they asked me if I had any kind of criminal record, any misdemeanor or anything like that. What 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 does that got to do with me flipping burgers? Yeah, exactly. That's what they'll they'll do a lot of times. Like when you see a black man killed by officers, they'll say, "Oh, he look at his record." Or they'll use a picture. Like they'll use a picture to make you look threatening or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So within that situation, um, that happened. So whoever did did it, they Palmyra hold it. I'm holding them accountable. Find out who it is. Not just because it's my dad, because this is something that could happen and on a larger scale. What, what's crazy is I was told when first of all, most politicians and most public servants are protected. Mm-hmm. Why on council? I was followed every day. Yeah. I had people sitting down on block watching me every day. Yeah. I wasn't threatened because I figured if you came out and stuck, pulled up on me, that would make my day. Yeah. You know, but you still followed me and did different things, mm-hmm. you know. But now in this climate, I'm like, if I see somebody follow me, I'm calling the FBI. Yeah. You know, in today's climate, yeah, you have yeah, to. yeah, I have to. I'm calling the FBI. Yeah. Like, hold on. I see somebody's car. I mean, they used to take my mail, mm. check my mailbox, take my mail. You yeah. know, they, somebody went to my car and took my mail. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I grew up in Palmyra where you don't lock your door, you lock your car doors. Yeah. They know it's your car. You never know who's your car. Born and raised in Palmyra. Yeah. And now giving back right. onto Palmyra. So within that, what is something that you want to pass along to, to those growing up in these neighborhoods? Like, as a black man, what is some advice you can give them? Like, you're going to enter into the real world now. You're about to graduate. If you choose not to go to college and you choose to go into the working world, what is some advice that you can give them um, going forward? Well, I'm, I'm hoping their parents prepared them for the rejections and, and how hard life is going to be mm-hmm. for certain things. You know, you got to take life serious. When you turn 18, you got to act like you've been out here for 25 years. Yeah. As a black man at 18 or any minority already male at 18, mm-hmm. you got to already know the law, the law not to break, the law that you didn't know you didn't break. Yeah. Like, you guys in high school get down, walk down the street. Did you know there was a law you can't walk down the middle of the street? Yeah. What do we do in Palmyra when you're done football practice or whatever? What do you Everyone do? Everyone walks down the middle of the street. Down the street. middle of the street. Yeah. And then until the cops said to you, get on a sidewalk and I walk down the middle of the street, that's when we found out, oh, that's the law and you actually guys can actually do that? Yeah. Well, you go to a party and the cops raid the party. Well, if you're underage and there's beer there, everybody gets charged with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody of color gets charged with that. Yeah. I've never once heard that family going to court who that house got raided and there was alcohol there mm. for anything. I just heard the people of color that were there got charged mm. with underage drinking. Mm. Supposedly, they're the only ones that didn't run. Well, mm. even if they didn't run, they weren't the only ones still sitting in the house. Yeah, yeah. I know all the rest of them have lawyers in their families. They mm. have lawyers they can get. Yeah. But this is what you got to understand. You got to know that law, though. Yeah. So I know you shouldn't run because the police come because you don't want to get shot in the back or yeah. shot any kind of way. Yeah. But best believe if you're an 18-year-old kid and you're at a graduation party and the cops come in, you're getting charged and you're not going to go to college. Because mm. yeah. remember, you you can't go to college and yeah. you can't get no financial aid yeah. when you have any kind of charges. Mm. Pending charges or charges. Mm-hmm. This is something they got to know. They don't know that at 18. Yeah. You don't know when you're in college and you get caught at an underage drinking party. You lose your financial aid. Yeah. You better know that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you do outside your job. If you don't go to school, they hold you accountable. Oh, I heard you were doing this and you got pulled up for a ticket. So we have to let you go because we don't have any tolerance for people who do X, Y, Z. I was, it was like a Saturday. Mm-hmm. You can get fired for that now. Yeah. Yeah. See, we got to know the whole law, yeah. the law that you don't know. That's what I'm going to tell you. When you turn 18, you go in the real world. You got to know every possible avenue. Yeah. I know you want to be on social media looking at the best rappers clothes or the best girls doing this or somebody's, you know, what's going on with Kanye West. Mm-hmm. You better figure out what's going on in your town and mm-hmm. your neighborhood and who's getting pulled over and who's not yeah. getting pulled over. Yeah. Or who at their job. Because we don't tell all that business because we're like, this is common knowledge. Yeah. 
For us, it is. For us, it's common knowledge. No, no. That's what. So pretty much, to sum up everything you said, as as a black minority, as a a male female that is that is of color, it's a fishbowl effect. You always know that you're being looked at, and a lot of times, um, you know, we always had to, not only because you were my dad, but because of how we carry ourselves, that we had to always. You would say this all the time. You have to work harder than the next person. 10 times more for the same type of outcome, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's something I, I would definitely say you instilled in me. And what I mean by that is if you see, a, I'm going to be blunt. If you see a, a white man go for the same job as you and you're working the same job, you can't do what they do. No, you have no. to work a hundred times harder to keep your job. And that's the real world. And I've seen that personally and working in different positions. I've seen how someone can be in the same position as me and have to work differently than me because of the color of our skin and the expectation that they will have on you. So always know that it's a fishbowl. And why I say that is because there's always eyes around you. There's always someone looking at you and you're in that fishbowl. So you have to carry yourself as such of there's always someone looking at me. And if I already get in trouble, always expect the worst to come to you. And that's not a way that always, I want you guys to go out there and walk around like all in fear, but always have that in the back of your mind. All yeah, the time. because you got to understand something. We got to follow the law. Yeah. No matter what case it is, mm-hmm. even if you're underpaid, you got to find out the law. Yeah. You're going to have somebody micromanaging you mm. because you're the one that they think ain't doing the work. And then you'll see, well, Mary gets away. She leaves every day at three o'clock. Yeah. Well, you better have a doctor's note if you leave at three o'clock. Mm. So don't think because Mary leaves at three o'clock and you guys, you and Mary play and joke all day. You can walk out here at three o'clock because yeah. Mary going to say the next day he left at three thirty because mm. she didn't leave today at three. Yeah. You know, those those things happen in the real world. They happen in any job. It just just be, you know, like my thing is, I'm always even told, you're always a professional. You're always being professional. I've always knew I had to be professional because I have to ha- have to do my job because if I'm called in, my kids don't eat. Yeah. So, you know, my team, when I worked at Comcast, that's a Comcast, but my team worked at Comcast, we always yeah. say, well, how come we got to do and they don't have to do it? Because their manager's job don't pay my check. Yeah. yeah. Because when I'm called in, I don't get to say, Oh, Mary, her department don't do this. They mm-hmm. say, Tim, how come your numbers don't look like this? And how come this didn't happen? Yeah. They don't tell me about Mary. They tell me about Tim and Tim's team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my teams are always complaining about why we have to do X, Y, Z. Because yeah. you're under me. I got to do my job. So I tell my teams all the time, I do my job. So mm-hmm. best believe everything that falls under my umbrella is going to be done and files letter law. Mm-hmm. If you thought it wasn't going to happen, then you need to yeah. look for another job because I'm going to do my job. That's what I always tell my staff. I was like, yo, I'm always going to be, I'm going to do my job. The best of my ability, you do your job, you'll never get fired. But if it's me versus you, I know I did my job. You'll have to go. I'm sorry. My and job means I got to let you go. Yeah. It's so crazy we're having this conversation and recording because this is stuff we do just oh. on, on a Tuesday <laughs> night when I FaceTime you, we sit on there for an hour and a half. So ended on a, on a positive note, what in today now brings you happiness? Like when you find what, – what brings you happiness on daily? Well, you know what? It's – it's when I, when I walk through town and somebody says, hey, coach, and I got a mask on, a glasses, and have my hood up. Yeah. And somebody recognizes my voice. This That's what should this thing be titled. Malik sits down with Coach Tim. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's not yeah. going to be anything yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. And and that, that you know, Coach Tim, yo, guess what I'm doing? Because I'm always asking, what are you doing now in life? What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Yo, I'm doing this. I'm about to do this. And when I was substituting, you know, kids come up to me, hey, Mr. Howard. Hey, Mr. Howard. And I'm like, how do you recognize me? I got glasses on, a mask on. Yeah. I didn't recognize you at first. Yeah. but. Some, they recognize you. And mm-hmm. to be recognized with a mask on 
and somebody always says something, oh, how you doing? Because they don't have to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't have to recognize you. Yeah. That means you made an impact in their life. Yeah. You know, because we all want to impact our kids' lives and our generations. But to be recognized outside of your kids, yeah. you know, that's that's an awesome feeling. Yeah. Like people, or when I when I put people together, because I couldn't help them, and I partnered them with someone else, yeah, and it's a great yeah, outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that, and that yeah. and that's my thing about putting partnerships together. Like my job right now is building partnerships and relationships and putting people in houses and homeless people in and and low uh, income housing and. Like, mm-hmm. I'm hitting the ground, like, all right, I'm trying to get everybody in the housing. I'm trying to tell you where it's at. I'm telling you what you just got to do here. And I'm like, I got to pump my brakes a little bit yeah. because I'm gung-ho on it. Yeah. But, um, no, that, that walk, and in this town, I still love to see, it, it, it's, it's sad and it blows my mind. I don't know what happens because you'll see four kids on bikes, boys and girls, black and white, mm-hmm. Asian, Hispanic, whatever. You'll see him at the Legion Field. Yeah. You'll see him playing soccer. Yeah. You'll see him at Wawa. You'll see him getting stirpees. You see him coming out with boosts. So they go to high school. They play on the soccer teams. They they go to college, and all of a sudden, it changes. Like, I, I heard you're gonna like some for some reason they they think you're gonna stop them from getting ahead. Yeah. My thing is, you know, when I used to have these big debates with my uncle Luck um, about society, and I was an angry black man. Mm. But I couldn't be angry black man because I had a professional job. Yeah. But I could vent to him as an angry black man. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'll never see a black president. Why not? I said, these white people ain't never going to let a black guy be in charge. <laughs> you crazy. I said, I'll never see it in my lifetime. So I gave him the reason why I said I'll never yeah, see it in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Then when, you know, I was thinking about politics and thinking about things in town locally yeah. and I was doing more of a searching on what's going on, yeah. I said, oh, okay, well, these kids aren't following their parents anymore. Yeah. They're thinking for themselves now. They're thinking outside the box. Yeah. You know, they're like, Wow, we're all human beings. Yeah, we gotta think worldwide because our 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 grievance isn't is the same thing all over the world mm-hmm. with color people of yeah. color. In any country, people of color get treated this way. Yeah, you know, um, I think um they're about to appoint the governor of Michigan to a one one of the cabinet seats for uh President Biden, right? Mm. We know about Flint, Michigan, right? Yeah, you're gonna appoint their governor. To a cabinet seat, and I forget what I think is of energy or something. Mm-hmm. But Flint, Michigan, had poor water and people dying for centuries. Has. has, but yeah. this lady's getting appointed to this seat. Wow! And she was the governor there yeah. of Michigan. Yeah. And this was going on while you were governor. Yeah. This has been going on since you weren't governor. Yeah. You never changed or fixed anything. Mm-hmm. You knew that. So, it's society. Stop trying to slam bamboozle everything. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they wonder why we're mad and we're angry. I don't understand why Trump people are angry. Mm. Nobody stops them from getting their paychecks. Yeah. Nobody puts them out. Because mm. most people I know got two houses. You know, I know a lot of people like like me don't have a house mm-hmm. or have one house. Some yeah. people got two houses. Yeah, yeah. Always have. Mm-hmm. So when they go on vacation, they ever got a place to be. Mm. And I'm saying all of them had that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... What are you angry about? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I come to the situation. Like, they want to ask us, can we talk to you about what's going on? Like, I don't really know what's going on in you guys. Yeah. I want to know what makes you guys angry. Yeah. Because as far as I know, the history is we get the short end of the stick. Yeah. So why are you angry? Mm. So if they say, let's bring black people, let's bring us together and have a conversation. Like the one committee thing you were on about education. Mm-hmm. And, and the key thing was we need to see people of color, men, in education. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing. And mm-hmm. they still act like, eh, it don't really matter. It mm-hmm. does matter. Because 
remember, the woman who has a kid at 18 can get Section 8 housing, which means she can get a job and buy a car. Mm. As long as you don't have that dad in that house. Yeah, that's what they did. As long as that dad ain't allowed to be around yeah. who's at 18. What 18-year-old kid think is ready to do what? He can't get a, Oh, he got a job at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. But he got to pay child support because she's on welfare. Mm -hmm. He's at McDonald's living in his mom's basement right now. Yeah. He's 18. Yeah. yeah. So now he goes up there and slings drugs so he can make more money and to like, take care of Caught up in the whole cycle in the system. Exactly. So now he's in prison. But that's yeah. perfect for her, for them, because now it's just her and her kid. Yeah. So now that's, she's in Section Eight, that's what it was. or whatever it is you want to call. Who I forget who who enlisted. What president was it that that started the the welfare and and the the, the low income housing? What was, that was in you know that, that that was um I want to you I know wanna, what year that started. I want to say um, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Okay. So then that's where it started the um the the black man outside the family because what they would see as power is they they recognize a complete family as power. Well, Teddy so. Roosevelt set it up for white people. And then it became a law when once black people got civil rights, you know what I mean? Because every law should apply to us. It was, I think it was, it was later on. Yeah, yeah, it was later on to where they changed. They, they, right. That, that's yeah. when, because there's a couple of uh, places that say no men are allowed to be here. You got an apartment and you sign a lease, but you can't have a man here. Mm. You and your kid can be here, but you can't have a man. Yeah, that's crazy. And that exists to this day, you say? Right, yeah, yeah. Right. There's a place, there's, there's someone, or I know of one in Camden, I know a couple of them in Camden, yeah. that says no men allowed. Mm. You can have an apartment with your kid, but you can't have any men here. Well, why can't she have a family? Yeah. The baby was by somebody. Because they know that's a power. Right, but she had a baby by somebody, so yeah. why couldn't her man or her husband or her boyfriend, but at 18, just because yeah. she had a baby doesn't make her grown, Yeah. but she does get support. Wow. So the boy at 18, well, what do you want to do with him? I mean, he doesn't get any support because mm. he's not grown yet. He doesn't know how to be a father yet. Yeah. He doesn't know how to pay bills yet. He don't know how to wash dishes yet. Mm. Mama washes dishes. Mama washes clothes. Yeah. But he don't get a chance to because she got an apartment now. She's got a car because mm. she has a little job. And, okay, now you got to get somebody. And wow. you find out he's there, she's, she's kicked out. Wow. You imagine my life that living. I gotta have. I can't have the person that the father of my child, the one I'm in relationship with, live uh, with me. That's game. Yeah. Yeah. That's game. So, um, ending it with with wild and last. You went from what brings you happiness to to back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> that's I know. funny. So, because you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, I'm it's, all, it's, I'm, it's, it's it's the things you think about as you as you go through your yeah your day, yeah like, yeah. But so my then, my what, happiness is that yeah, you guys. My, and being able to talk to you guys like this, yeah. like me and you talk all the time, yeah. and me and Bill talks, and Tyreek and Zion, and getting on, you know, people's case, like Zion's yeah. case about, like, listen, dude, and we're going to call him our, um, I, I can't show you his name, you know. <laughs> He's got a trust fund kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's, got, he's got a trust fund coming. Oh, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a trust fund coming because he, he's living like he's a, uh, when I turn 25, I get that half a million. You know <laughs> Why mean? you say that? Yeah. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what you put it. That's yeah. hilarious. Because he, he put on his um some page. Uh, he said, um you got one life to live, so live it to the fullest. Yeah, he living to the fullest. Well, we're not going to talk about that now. He's living <laughs> to the fullest. Let him live his life, bro. Let him be out here. Zion, I'm fighting for you, bro. I'm letting you live your life, bro. Yeah, listen. Listen, we are. But you know what? Life is hard when you ain't prepared for that's, it. That's true. That's, that's, that's everything we say. Yes. So, to end it there. I love him to uh, death, though. Anyway, yeah. What is, <laughs> let's just end it there within, um, I actually just found out, like, they sent my letter in the mail for the doctoral program, so now I got to wait until, I don't know yet. Which if one? I, I don't know. I didn't know if I got in yet, but I had to wait. So I'm waiting. I was hoping Man. I would have the news. 
to Yo, tell you now. Man, yeah, I'll be doing backflips. But all right, all right. <laughs> it's coming. Still, it's coming. We're still soon. praying on it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, com- it's yeah, coming soon. Yeah. So within that, I went to the time and give you the flowers of saying, um, in all this time, like I appreciate you stepping up and even if at the the moments of growing up that I saw it as like, man, I wish this guy would get off my back. I appreciate you guiding me through that and a lot of the steps that we talk through together always. Every all the steps I've always talked yeah. through with you and for guiding me along that path and I really appreciate that. And I'm sure that there's people in the community that would say that 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 don't have the time to always give you the flowers of thanking you and showcasing that. We thank you for um everything that you've given back to the community and still are and giving towards me and giving me gain the future passed down to my kid uh, in 15 years <laughs> that kids, no kids kid uh, cannot that, have one bro no, i'm telling want. you you cannot have one and i want a daughter so i hope oh, she passes my <laughs> goodness. uh so i just thank you um and i can't wait to get this information out there and get this game out there yeah um and for you one day to become mayor of the town that we live in and I'm going to put that out there. So now we have to hold him accountable for everywhere we go. I appreciate nah, that. Thank you for I, thank coming you. through. Thank you. I, I really appreciate your time. It. Yeah, thank you. My love. Uh-huh. <laughs>